everybody buddy everybody loves everybody loves everybody loves to booty loves to booty loves to booty damn so i stumbled upon a really interesting article uh by the sunday times and it basically says that it's thought that those between uh born rather between the year 1980 and the early 2000s are most uh the most tolerant generation yet and this is when it comes to interracial relationships. Okay. So it's more likely that if you're born between 1980 and the early 2000s, that you will engage or um, you see nothing wrong with dating outside of your race. Which kind of makes sense and when you think about it. Basically, they, they speak to you know a couple of uh, couples who... Are, have different races or religions or just other cultural differences. And uh, the first example is a guy called uh, Kuku Pambo who's dating a guy called Aaron Lynch. They've been dating for four years and you know he, he speaks about how he sometimes finds his food combinations really weird. <laughs> and uh, he says he just boils it down to or dismisses it as, and I quote, a negligible cultural difference. And it's funny that you know this is mentioned. A friend of mine... Um, is engaged to a Nigerian guy. She's South African. And they have a baby together now, so they live together. And, you know, it's, it's a very formal setting. And so she was kind of like, I was asking her, so what's it like, you know? And she's like, I've had to learn how to cook Nigerian, Nigerian food. food. Yeah. And, you know, the way in which Nigerian people and South African people eat is completely different. And, I mean, my friend was far from domesticated. She wouldn't cook for any man. <laughs> now she's cooking, like, different... And now she's, you know, learning how to cook Nigerian food, which I, I found really interesting. And she spoke about, you know, how some food she doesn't enjoy, but she knows that he enjoys. I mean, something as simple as pap. Their pap is different from our South African pap. Yeah. And their maize meal, uh, according to her, can't be found in our supermarkets. So he has to specifically go out... And buying get it somewhere you know, sp- the special food okay. that you know she will have to learn to prepare. And she says, you know, it, it did in the beginning kind of weigh heavy on the relationship because he'd get frustrated if she cooked it wrong because <laughs> he's a man that enjoys his food, right? Don't you think that's kind of natural? I mean, as much as we're becoming more accepting, uh, accepting of the fact of interracial relationships, I think it's still something that it, it must be hard. You walk around in the malls and you see people looking at a couple that are an inter- interracial relationship. Um, I think it must be something that's difficult. But I've always wondered, if I had to, for example, marry you, Mm-hmm. So in my <laughs> hypothetically, <laughs> hypothetically speaking, um, no, I won't be a second wife, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> How many am I allowed to have? Um, if I had to marry you, m- my culture doesn't say that I don't have to, but in my culture, I don't pay labola. Mm-hmm. Would I there therefore have to pay labola for you because oh, your honey culture child, says hell yeah? <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to get holidays for nothing. <laughs> so would you have to? I imagine you would. Um, I mean, my cousin married a white lady, and he still paid labola. Okay. Um, I and only because I would imagine in my head, and I may be wrong. Do correct me if I'm wrong. But in my culture, it says you do. Yeah. Your culture doesn't say anything yeah. about it. It doesn't say you mustn't pay labor. It doesn't say you must either. Yeah. So I imagine then you'll just go with as a respectful know, thing yeah, you would yeah, do. Yeah. Yeah. Just just because you know you're compromising okay. and you, you're respecting each other's cultures. I think that's what it simply boils down to. But it's really interesting. I think let's open up this conversation, whether it be interracial or even intercultural. Um, where you know you meet somebody who lives a life completely different from what you grew up, you know when it's something as 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 small as the kind of food you eat, and when you meet someone and you like someone, you don't think about that no. stuff until like there's a Later ring on, on a finger, that, yeah. and now you find yourself 
you know eating some weird food exactly yeah. uh, 089-11-005-05 what's been your experience are you in an interracial intercultural relationship do you find that you know South Africans are now more accepting of you know people exploring and perhaps for some other people it's a case of being inquisitive or just um, curious about how other people live. And I can imagine some, a lot of families have kind of discriminated against it and said, well, if you want to marry Tando, that's your choice, but we're not part of this and have cut people out of their lives, sadly. We'll take your calls on the other side of these. So a 2010 uh, study by the American-based Pew Research Center found that people have grown increasingly accepting of interracial dating and marriage. And uh, that the shift in opinion has been driven both by attitude change among individuals generally and also by the fact that over the period, successive generations have reached adulthood with more racially liberal views than the generations before them, which would then explain what you were speaking about earlier, where you said, you know, the parents are more likely to be the ones that frown upon us. It also found that 85 percent of millennials are generally fine with their siblings marrying people of different races. And for South Africans, obviously apartheid only ended, what, 20, 20 years ago, 22 years ago? And it's often impossible to obviously navigate the racial tension. And we've seen what's been happening in this country for the past couple of months. And we know that these racial tensions are still very much existent. But love, as they say, um, knows no bounds, right? Yeah. Apparently, no, that's true. <laughs> this is true. Uh, a couple of tweets uh, coming through. One from Wine Swap. She says, "My fiance paid Lobola for me, and he's Afrikaans." Okay. Uh, she adds that he wanted to respect our traditions, and my parents actually gave him the options of not paying at all. She that's also cool. adds that people do stay in disgust or in curiosity sometimes, and. She says both of their friend lists decreased when people saw that they were together. No, no, no. Your friends didn't leave you. Random people, because friends wouldn't leave you for something like that. Also, I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Perhaps I'm behind, but I'm just like, obviously, you guys must have been chilling in the same circles for you guys to, you know, to meet. Yeah. And then in the hope that all of your friends would be liberal and not so small minded. But that's why I say they're not actually friends if they left because of that. This is true. Very, Very good morning. How's it? How are you? Good. How are you? Good, thanks. Good, thanks. I'm also in an interrelational relationship. Differences, I'm gay as well. So I'm white and my husband is black. Uh, I didn't have to pay Labola. I just asked the sister's permission if I could marry him. And I actually never asked to pay Labola. So I don't know if I still own Labola. <laughs> but um, <laughs> we got married this year and uh, we're going on nearly five years wow. of being next year sure. together. Congratulations, Barry. But I can't imagine how difficult it must have been for you. I mean, sure. you know, homosexuality is still a thing frowned people upon. that frown yeah. upon. And then not only that, now you must deal with the fact that people are like, oh, he's a white guy dating a black guy. What is going on yeah. here? How, how did you, how did you overcome big. those things? We actually, so far, we haven't had any issues. We've actually been very lucky. We haven't had anybody frown upon us um, at the moment so far. Only if we've been away together, there have been people that look at you up and down. But uh, uh, it's, it's okay. Being in Durban, it's a bit better than, than that. I think if you were in other areas, maybe it would be a bit different. But What area so do you find it most difficult in South Africa? Um, when we were in Joburg in the Afrikaans, we were in the Wombars about a year ago, and I was looked at because I was hanging, uh, I was away with a black family, so I was looked upon like, differently. They looked at you up and down as mm. well. So that was a bit, uh, people looked at you like funny. Do you find but that, that's, do you find yeah. that younger people don't frown upon you as much as the older people do? 
the older people do find quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, you do get the older people look at you differently. The younger people, I think, are more accepting yeah. these days. All right, Barry, thank you so much. Thanks so much for the call. Uh, Speaking of, this article speaks of a 27-year-old American guy living in Cape Town, uh, dating a colored girl from Cape Town as well. And uh, he says they've not sparked, you know, any negative reactions. And this article continues to read that while Cape Town, you know, still can't shake off its image as a racist colonial city, interracial couples can be spotted probably more in Cape Town than anywhere anywhere else else in South Africa. Isn't that funny? Ernest, good morning. Hi, how are you? Awesome, how are you? I'm good, good. Um, I'm married to a Busutu girl from the city, and I'm also white, and i am got a kid with her, which is turning uh, two years old on Friday. Congratulations! Wow. And, I mean, yeah. how difficult was... I'm sure it gets easier as the years go by, but... Uh, yeah, it, just in terms does, of, it, of cultural does. difference, because, I mean, she's from Lesotho, you're South African. You're, what yeah. uh, difficulties did you face there? Um, no, it's just the people, I lost a couple of friends because of it, and my parents, my mother and my brother frowned upon it, but I still carry on, and uh, the Lebola thing, um, as you know, I'm white, and my wife's now the studio, I did pay Lebola uh-huh. out of respect. Okay, alright. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> just Good for out you. of respect, so it's easier for and respecting the family. So who did the negotiations for you, actually, is what I want to know. <laughs> who went and sat um, in the meeting? The thing is, I went with my mother because, as you know, we, our uncles don't do that thing. Yeah. So we, I went myself and just to to negotiate. Yeah. All right. Well, but good we for you. We went to her mother. We, we never went to her uncles and stuff. Okay. All right. Thank you so yeah. much for sharing. A couple of tweets coming through as well. Chanel saying, I'm in an interracial relationship. My palms are white and I'm Indian and we have an understanding. <laughs> Another one. Uh, okay. No, every, that's, everybody loves Sabudi. Okay. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> Completely just different to read that. Uh, but yeah, keep the calls coming. Oh eight nine double one double o five o five. There's another article that reads uh, twelve things that I've learned from being in an interracial relationship. I'll let you in on that on the other side of these news coming up in the bits. We wrapping up our conversation around interracial and intercultural relationship. And a, a lady by the name of Erin, she's white, and I mentioned she's white for a reason. She's basically written a blog about twelve things she's learned from interracial dating. And I'll just highlight the main things. One being um, that she says everyone is more than they race. So, you know, that it, it's foolish to assume that, you know, people's motivations or struggles without actually hearing it from them. She also says that uh, the vast majority of the time it's pretty much the same as dating any other human being yeah. at the end of the day. Also, she says white privilege is actually a very real thing. She says, I never realized how many breaks I get as a white person until I started dating outside my race. I've been stopped by the police for no reason three times in my life. One was to check my ID. Two was to make sure I wasn't drinking and driving. And three was while I was walking to my car after a soccer game. And she says all three times I was with a black man. And then uh, the final one is that love can't conquer everything. So she says she knows of a couple. The guy was Jewish. The girl wasn't. And they were in love. But they broke up on the basis that he was Jewish and she wasn't. And she says she kind of, at, at the time, it confused her. But now that she thinks about it, and in retrospect, it makes sense. Because, I mean, how then, you know, do you imagine spending the rest of your life with someone where you have such a huge cultural difference, especially mm. if it means that much to you. I mean, what do you do for Christmas? Yeah. You know, what do you do? Or what culture or what religion does your child follow? So it's little things like that. It's it's a question of whether, you know, is one of the parties willing to compromise? Yeah. 
and and sometimes both of them are staunch, so they won't. Yeah. All right. Uh, Nicole's on the line. Nicole, good morning. Good morning. Speak to us. Well, um, I'm 27. Um, my fiance is 46, and I think that's more of an issue than the fact that I'm coloured and he's white. Um, we do still get the awkward stares. Um, that's about us at all. Um, and I think the people that do have problems with, the, with our relationship with my kids, um, the fact that it's older and, gosh, I still need to settle down and start a family and all that shit. So you think um, people have more of an issue about your age gap than they do about your race? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, I actually say that's a good thing, don't you think? That's a good thing. Uh, no, I don't know. We're living in a time and age where, um, gosh, love everyone. You know, absolutely. No, absolutely. Um, I, I agree with you. But what I'm saying is, at least I we're not talking. Saying, at least we're not. Out of the two things, the race isn't the issue, which is a good thing. It's it shows we're moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And it just shows that we're progressing as a nation. Yeah. Thank you, Nicole. Uh, let's speak to Richard quickly. Richard, good morning. Morning, uh, Sunday morning, Justin. How are you guys doing? Awesome, Good, awesome. Speak to us. Yeah, no, I'm just basically touching on the subject of... So I'm a white guy married to a Zulu lady down here in Durban, and we've also had to do the whole Lebola thing from the beginning. I've never had any problems from our family, both sides. We've just had problems from like when we're out in public, especially because we've got a child together. Mm. Um, so we've got a mixed child. So when we walk around, a lot of people do stop and search, look at us. But when in the beginning, I was a little bit... I would look at them back and try and... Yeah, but now I've just got so used to it now that it's not even an issue. I just think to myself, they've got a problem with it or it's their problem, not my problem. And also, yeah? you can't make so, everyone happy, can you now? No. Absolutely not, you can't. All so right. I'm just like my family happy, that's it. That's all that matters. Thank you so much for the call. It's so beautiful to hear that we live in such a diverse and, you know, we, have, we, we are a very liberal generation yeah. that is very accepting of anyone and everything and just feels like, you know, when love conquers all, love conquers all. Simple. Thank you so much for all your calls and all your tweets. It's just gone 11 o'clock. 10 Everybody ready? Everybody loves. Everybody loves. Everybody loves to booty. Loves to booty. Loves to booty. Damn.